But what I love is the fact that yet, yet again, this is another example of of smaller clubs producing great cricketers. Lovely, love you for uh, lovely to see you down in the capital. Join us for uh, episode forty-seven. Um, just ourselves tonight, mate. Which, uh, which is fine. First of all, how are yeah. you? I'm good, mate. I'm good, Liam. Um, wonderful to be joining. I just, you know, with all that's going on in the world, the fact that it's cold and dark and things like that, it's always nice to sort of bring things back safe to the safety and sanctity of thinking about Scottish cricket. In, in these sort of dark times um, to know um, I feel warm just seeing you on my screen right now, Liam, and um, and knowing that we're going to have a nice little episode talking a bit more about cricket. And and it feels like the summer's a little bit closer when we have things like that, discussions like this, you know? Agreed, mate. Agreed. Obviously, episode 46 was uh, a rip-roaring pod where we had, um, we had uh, the enigma that is Matthew Parker join us. Um, he was on top for him, Pete. I had quite a, a good reaction from the sports fans. Quite a p- lot of people um, wanting to hear more about his stories on the golf course, his caddying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll agree, Pete, some terrible language from uh, from Matthew throughout. And and, and, I, and I had to edit quite a, quite uh, strongly as well. Yes, no, there was some... some uh, def- when I listened back, I did notice that there was some very effective editing, Liam, and... Uh, you know, I was very impressed with that. But it, it was good story time. I mean, I think, you know, in many respects, it's nice to be able to reach out to the to an audience beyond cricket in some respects, because for the first 10 minutes, I think we just spoke about golf, didn't we? Um, and caddying. Is there, is there a caddying podcast? Maybe there should be a caddying podcast. Maybe Matthew Parker could do it. But of course, if he did do it, it would happen once every three years because he wouldn't be available for the rest of the time. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a big he's a big name in the caddy world, but he's he's difficult to nail down. Although I think I suspect he might have some legal uh, proceedings against him soon, uh, with a few disgruntled uh, players and uh, ex sports stars looking to uh, put the knife in the hoggy. Um, yeah, mate, but it was yeah. It's been a World Cup was... World Cup final, Pete. Oh my days! Yeah, were I you, mean, were you watching it? I, I kind of sort of vaguely showed us a sort of had some interest in it. it was on Sunday, wasn't it? I was actually on the golf course myself, but we won't talk about that. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Liam, I, I was really pleased that India didn't win. And it sounds terrible, but I just feel like I can't help but feel like the way cricket's going, it's like it, it, the way that they tried, there was talk about them doctoring the pitch for the semi final. I just find like Indian cricket Twitter very hard to deal with in general. Whenever I look at it, it's very kind of like smug. Um, and and yes, they're the best team in the world. Yes, they were hosting that everything. All the, all the odds were in their favour. But Australia demonstrated the fact that they have got an incredible reputation as a country in general of just having that winning gene, that ability, that clutch gene, as it were. Um, so credit to. Travis head but yeah I mean certainly yeah I, I, it's no no disrespect to, to India 
let's say, but it was more, I just don't like what is going on with cricket at the moment. I don't like the way that it's being, feels like it's being controlled by the BCCI. Um, and maybe them actually not winning the World Cup means that that might happen worse. But I, I was, I'll be honest with you, I don't like Australia, but I was pleased India uh, didn't win. I, how did you find it, Liam? What were you, you must have probably watched more than me. Yeah, I, I got quite a bit of the game watched. Um, I had, had it on mute and uh, Peppa Pig was playing in the background on the iPad. So right, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't like fully tune in, but I did see quite a lot of it. Um, and yeah, Travis Head, uh, an innings of a lifetime for him, I think, um, bringing home the World Cup. And yeah, I'm with you in a way, like everyone likes an underdog. Australia couldn't really be an underdog as such, but the way that the, the World Cup had been, up until that point, and more or less manufactured to uh, give India the best chance possible of of winning it. Um, I was really happy to see Australia um, get the dub on Sunday. Yeah, um, massive but, crowd, mate. To see some of the, uh, the uh, shots, like it's hundred and thirty thousand. Like it is a massive cricketing nation, obviously. But um, yeah, and 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 that's the thing. I think. You know, it is so impressive how how passionate India are for cricket. It's so impressive. I just think, in terms of international cricket, it's really important that we have a competitive, a competitive kind of global outlook. And I just don't feel that international cricket is very competitive globally at the moment, just because of the way it's set up. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, the, the competition is itself. The World Cup, it was a big disappointment in many respects because uh, it just it, it was boring. It was 10 teams. It was boring. I thought the Dutch did incredibly well to win a couple of games. Um, I noticed now that they were meant to have Pakistan tour and that's all of a sudden be cancelled. You know, it's 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 weird. It, the sport shoots itself in the foot so much because it's almost like as soon as another country gets all right at it, everybody starts avoiding them rather than actually embracing them. And I, I, I can't help but think that actually India would love cricket to just be the IPL and the IPL to go globally and all the rest of that. And that's really, really dangerous. But that's another podcast for another day. But impressive to the fact that 130,000 people are in there. It's very impressive their fans are so passionate. But it was very impressive that Australia silenced them. So fair play to them. It did, mate. It did. Um we're going to have a guest on today, Pete. Well, before we get to our guest, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about um, kind of cricket abroad or cricketers abroad from Scotland. Um, mm -hmm. You were uh, lucky enough in your in your youth to to have a season um, in New Zealand or a winter in New mm -hmm. Zealand as such, Pete. Um, yeah. Was that was that a big a kind of big a big part of your kind of development as a, as a cricketer, or did you did you take a lot out of that trip? It was a big part of my life. It was, I, I think, uh, one of my dad's best friends always says that you, you know, one of those cliched lines of you went, you you went off a, a boy and you came back a man, uh, like. But that it was genuinely, I, you grow up so quickly when you're away from home and things like that. And he's Liam. It was twenty years ago, genuinely twenty years ago, over uh, that that I went away to, to to New Zealand. And I worked in a school over there, but I played cricket. I've got so many. So many happy memories of that. So many like things that, in a way, I just wish I would could, could, could go back there with the brain of a almost forty year old now, um, and and go back there because you know I played uh, in Auckland in a really really one of the probably the biggest club in New Zealand, a club called Cornwall Cricket Club, um, a club that you know at our top level we had Paul Collingwood, 
um, we had, I mean, I was, I was actually, when I knew we were talking about this today. I looked at some of the players in, in the side, you know, there was guys like Heath Davis, who was a very fast opening bowler for New Zealand. He was in our, and I, you know, I was netting with these guys. I, I'll be honest, I wasn't the first team, but I, you know, I got to play the odd like Sunday game with them. And then Saturday games are played um, in the second team with some amazing cricketers. I remember playing in a, in a league game once against the guy who opened the bowling for Glamorgan. He was the opposition's overseas player. And he just pinned me. Just, I mean, I'm not a batsman. I was in, and it was a two-day game. And all he was doing was bouncing me the whole time and, spe- and spraying me. Big spray. A guy called Owen Parkin. I st- he's now a, like a headmaster of a school. And I always think to myself, I remember when he was maybe in his mid-20s, absolutely spraying the shit out of me and stuff like that. But it really, it, just the whole memory of it, all the pitches, the, the two-day games, the one-day games, the fact that I remember there weren't tees. You had to go to the garage and get a pie and shit like this back, you know, at, 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 at like the break time and stuff like that. And the friends you make and the people you kind of stay in touch with, it's such an incredible experience. And I think it's, uh, you know, I know we've talked about it in the past and I think it's incredibly powerful for people's cricket. And I look back and I had some wonderful games over there, some really harsh, uh, harsh, uh, uh, like situations where, you know, you bowl 10 overs or or you bowl, you know, I remember bowling 17 overs in a day one time and probably go for about a hundred odd runs. Um, And then another time getting four for 20, you know, in in 20 overs and stuff like that. So it's, it's got the highs and the lows, the emotional elements to it. And I tell you what, hitting the piss really fucking hard, like really relentlessly hard yeah. back then. It was like really, it was great because I was going out with these, going on the on the piss with like really well known cricketers in in New Zealand and and in Auckland, and it's a, quite a big sport over there. And and you kind of felt like the the you know big dick in town in these clubs, um, yeah. like as a nineteen year old and stuff like that. And I remember they shaved my head and stuff like that. It was all oh, it was a mad time. But that's it's you know it was a, it's something I remember so much and uh, yeah, so many great memories. Brilliant, mate. You know, it's funny, but you mentioned Heath Davis. So Heath Davis was uh, played uh, some cricket in Scotland. He was overseas professional at Inverurie, mate, back in the day, believe it or not. Yeah, he had a season at Inverurie. I think it was Inverurie. I hope I've not got that wrong. Anyway, he played against Strathmore back in the day in the Strathmore Union, and he was uh, apparently very, very sharp. uh, But yeah. Absolute gas yeah. so far, and quite a, a quite a rogue character, interesting character. I think he was the first uh, New Zealand cricketer to come to, to, to come out. Um, I think well after his, uh, but but he was quite he was he was quite a character. I remember vividly him being quite a character and kind of getting into brushes with the law and falling out with people and being quite eccentric in general. So. Yeah, I certainly remember him. I remember playing Jesse Ryder as well in a game um, a, a, another time. And and he was very young. I mean, he would have been younger than me, I think, or maybe the same age as me. And and he was a real skinny guy. He wasn't the big unit and things like that, but he had a hell of a temper on him. I remember him like spraying an umpire on, on one occasion. And a guy called Craig Spearman, who played a lot of cricket for, for New Zealand. I remember there was the ground we played at, our home ground had a, had a hospital behind it. And I remember him launching a six over like a seven story hospital. And I mean, it was just like, I was like, bloody hell, this is serious cricket. It's, it's, it's played with a different intensity to club cricket in Scotland in a really weird, different way. It's like, it's still, there's the social element, but there's just this under under edge to it. That was really, it's really, it makes you harden up and grow up pretty fast. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure our guest in particular is probably learning that even more so being a, 
over over in Australia. Mate, I'm loving I'm loving how uh, how enthusiastic and obviously how what a lasting impact that season had on you. But I know personally, mm-hmm. I never I never got to go abroad. Um, but I know a lot of the Forfarshire young lads um, did when I was uh, when I was there. Uh, Rory Johnston, Christian Robertson, yeah. Scott Cameron, um, Jack Hogarth, a couple of seasons or a season and a half. Um, young James Girolami went as well. So yeah, all those lads got a chance, and they kind of went to um, Brisbane, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe some in Melbourne, and, and Rojo's back over there as well. I know Finn McCreith did some over there as well. Chris McBride, so. Yeah. It's it's brilliant to see. I know Ailsa Lister was out there last year, and I think Kirsty McCall, one of the uh, kind of um, Scotland women's develop development team players, is, is over in Australia as well. So hopefully, wow. hopefully we'll get we'll get some chat with some of the people. So I did put out a tweet, folks. So do do please keep tagging away. But I know there's a couple more boys over there from the west. I think John Oliver's over um, in Sydney. Mm, Callum Grant, I think, might be. Abroad as well. Who else have we got over there? Pete, Tom Folds. Folds is oh, over there. Yeah. Although Folds I think he's, Folds there is, for, he's gone, isn't he? He's there for a while, though. He's there yeah, for, he's away. for a bit. But, you know, I mean, good on them. Good on, I think, just seizing that opportunity. It's, it's Sometimes it's even not even the level. I mean, I, I remember the level being particularly... I was probably a stretch for me, even when I when I was nineteen, definitely. But you you know, it's the experience. The experience is so good. I I think back, we've had players, international players, go and play second, third grade over there, and, and come back better players because just the way the game's played, um, it, you know, the discipline required for maybe two day cricket as well. All those kind of aspects really, really important. So fair, anybody who's listening, who's thinking about it, just fucking do it, basically. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, good stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll go and get him on then. Let's. Um, so we are going to speak to uh, Jack Jarvis, Jack Jarvis of uh, Grange and Scotland. So um, let's see if we can get him on. So here he is, joining us all the way from Brisbane in Australia, mate. Jack Jarvis, how are you, bud? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. All good, thanks for having me on. Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, mate, not bad. I'm just looking out my window here in uh, Aberdeen. It's pitch black. It's about two degrees and uh, been blowing a gale all day. Um, what's the temp? What's the temp in uh, Brisbane just now? Uh, what's it saying here? 29. 29. Beautiful. It's only, it's only eight o'clock and it's it's 29. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit different here. You got I the fire. Can you, can you hear his accents changed already? Can you hear that? His accent, there's a, there's a there's a bit of Australian in that accent already. And also not great podcasting, but there's two fucking fans going quicker than than anything I've ever seen behind him as well, just just for context as well. So yeah, fucking hell. Dag, you've only been there a couple of months, bud. I've noticed you've not complimented my Tanya either, which I... <laughs> Mate, I hope you've got the factor Fiddy on. Oh, I know. I've, it's just been good. I've been getting some from, from the guy I'm staying with from his work. So I think that's saving me a serious cost while I'm out here. <laughs> it's expensive out there just now. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, some things are weird. Some things are you, you go to the shop and it's really cheap compared to back home. And then some things, you like just random things are really expensive. Uh, but generally, it's all right. I think for me, it's good not having to buy sun cream. I think that would have been a a serious cost for me over, over over the winter. For sure, for sure. Um, 
first of all, Jack, how did it all come around, mate? How how did this move come about? Obviously, Chris McBride played at Redlands last year. Um, tell us more about that. How how the move come around? Yeah, um, so I sort of I'd had some interest in coming to Australia before. Obviously, like it's a a lot of people do, um, and then in Nepal actually spoke to Chris because he came from from here from Redlands at the time came played in Nepal and then came back um so he he'd sort of mentioned about maybe being an opportunity for me to come and and then we sort of had a, had a chat about it he came back sort of stated my interest with the club and then sort of there's a couple of guys here have been really good getting me getting me sorted um so sort of spoke about it quite a lot during the summer uh as soon as we sort of quite disappointing when we found out we'd, we weren't going to the World Cup. Uh, then sort of pulled the plug on it and decided, you know, I'll go and spend the winter out and playing great cricket out here. So it's it's been really good. The club club have set me up really nicely. It's been been really good so far. You got yourself a motor, mate? Got a Ute? Yeah, I've got I've got uh I've got a car. It's good. I've got my my mum's friends live out here. They've lived out here for a while, so they've sort of helped me uh get a car sorted. So I've got myself a little a little Merc, and then I'll. Uh, it's it's good having a car. I think it's not like not like being in Edinburgh or something when people come over and they can sort of get around on a bike and and public transport is quite a big place. So I think having a car is, car has been very helpful so far. Awesome. Who are you staying with, then, Jack? Who's who's put you up? Is that one of the players? Yeah, so I'm staying with with one of the guys. Um, opens a batting in the in the first grade, and then his girlfriend as well. So they've just bought a place. Uh, they're yeah, it's been been really good. They've been looking after me. Um, pretty lucky, to be fair. It's been everyone sort of back home. I think uh, a few of the guys have been over in Brisbane before, and they found out who I'm staying with, and they were not even just Chris. Other guys were like, "Yeah, you've you've done well there." So it was good. I was quite quite happy coming over. I knew I knew if these guys were saying they heard it from so many people, I must be must be pretty lucky. So it's been good. Good and, to- and how are you how are you finding Brisbane? Like as a city, is it a nice place? Is it I mean, I was there twenty years twenty years ago on holiday. I'm sure it's changed a lot since then. Is it a good nightlife? Do you feel like you're you're getting used to the place and 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 feeling a part of the city in that? Yeah, I mean, we're we're staying. I'm staying sort of just outside um, Brisbane. But I've been in been in a little bit, um, like a few going to a few pubs and stuff, and and it's been it's been good. It's a good place. Uh, we've been. It's quite good the way. We've we've been quite lucky, I think, with the fixtures. Like we went down down and played at Gold Coast, um, the first game I played. So we went and stayed mm-hmm. down there, and, and that was a really cool place uh, down the Gold Coast. And then we're we're going up to Sunny Coast next. I mean, the one thing I'm not sure the names are amazing. Like <laughs> who we playing the weekend? Sunshine Coast. Like that's so much better than talking about who you play. You know, we're playing Stonywood. Like it's, it's just the names are just amazing. <laughs> It's, it's been so we're, we're going to head up there in a couple of weeks and and I've not been but it sounds amazing you know uh, so yeah it's been it's been really good it's really it seems a really good place. How have you found the two days, Jack? So they play them is it consecutive Saturdays? Is that how kind of yeah. how the format works? Yeah, some long play, days in a day. Yeah, um, it's not been too bad so far. Uh, I think we're, we're we've got normally in our team you know we've got four seamers and a couple of good spinners so. There's not been too many overs, um, but it's sort of it's been it's been good. We've we've had a couple of days in the dirt. Um, the strange thing is just getting your head around the fact that you you play 
Saturday, Saturday, and you play like the same game. So you spend all week, you're in the middle of a game, um, thinking about you, you know, the training sessions, you're you don't you almost like you you've been bat training that week, you'd have to get your own batting in if you if you're in the field sort of thing. Um, which is very different. And and I don't think it would be feasible in Scotland just simply with the weather. I couldn't <laughs> see how this would work. Um you know, you rock up one week and it's it's been dry the week before and the wicket's flat as anything and then you get weaker rain and you're thinking this is not this is not the same. Uh, and that kind of happened to us on Saturday. Um, there'd been a little bit of rain around the, the first week. We um, we even in the warm up we were we were throwing some balls just just warming up and a ball actually rolled under the roller as they were on it. So just back of a length, there was a ball almost fully submerged in the wicket. Um, what? I know it's like it all happened in slow motion. Um, what we're all watching it, like shouting, "No, no. stop it!" Like stop the roller, and they couldn't hear us. And then, you know, there's so suddenly, twenty minutes before or ten minutes before the toss, there's a ball on a length, and we're like thinking, "Are, are we playing today?" Or you know, what this is covers had just come off. We're thinking it was a bit green anyway, so that we were like, we'll "Definitely try and have a ball if we can." Um, lost the toss. We're having a bat, and I think some of the batters were a little bit, a little, little bit nervous about this patch that had just been filled in with a bit, a bit of dirt on back of a length. Uh, and so you know that was a bit of a, a tricky batting day. And then we rocked up this Saturday. Um, it'd been dry all week, and it was, it was um, certainly a bit flatter. I'll say that outfield was a bit quicker. Uh, it, was, it was, yeah, it was quite funny. Is, is this an admission that you lost that game by any chance, Jack? Because yes, of yeah. just circumstances, yeah. Lose yeah. That game. It's, not, it's not an excuse, um, but we did, we did lose that game, yeah. I've never heard that, though. That sort of, like, ball submerged into wicket. It, it kind of... You don't expect that to happen in, 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 in Queensland. You kind of expect that to happen at Leith Links on the, in the, for the second or something like that, you know what I mean? Some, some clowns... You know, done done it, but that that's mental. That's wild, eh? Yeah, it was. It was. I've certainly never seen that before. Big shoes to fill, though, Jack, because you, uh, your pal McBride won the won the league with him last year. Is that right? Or won the playoffs or whatever they have it in Australia, yeah, yeah. the grand final? Or do you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, high hopes of uh, retaining that this this year. Yeah, that that would certainly be good. I think I think the thing with McBride is I've got. I've got big shoes to fill on and off the field. I think that's that's the main thing. I think I don't think they seem too fussed on on my cricket. They're just trying to if I can be half as much like McBride off the field, I think they'll be happy. Um, <laughs> I think that's definitely where I'm going to struggle the most trying to trying to fill McBride's shoes. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard he was uh, quite strong off the field as well in the the old T10. Uh, touring side did you uh did you enjoy some t10 uh, last year jack did you travel with that squad yeah i was i was there last year um yeah we ha- had a good time uh we uh we made it to made it to finals week it was good yeah good well, well maybe touch on t10 like dig. sounds like a dig doesn't it the fact that they no. made it to finals week <laughs> it's like a i mean was it like a stag do that time as well no, obviously not, Pete. It was, um, it was, uh, we, we, we were very professional, um, that week. It was, it was a good trip. We, we, we enjoyed ourselves, but we, we made sure we got the, got the job done. Good, good, good man, good man. And I'm uh, a bit, I, I'm, 
I was going to just ask. See, obviously, we know that you know you're writing this nice little blog on on the Cricket Scotland website as well, uh, which is great. So everybody's getting a bit of Jack's Jack's time in 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 Australia right now. But a cricket is there much contact with like Cricket Scotland coaches at the moment? You know, are, 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 do you have to like produce data around your you know your 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 what is it your body fat percentage and all these sort of shite that they they ask for you know uh at, at elite level sport or is it just a case of are you still alive is everything okay fine carry on um that's it's it's probably a mix really like uh yeah. they know i'm out here playing cricket they know i'm playing a good standard um and that's fine i'm still still in touch with with toby quite a bit um obviously yeah. it's difficult we, we don't have a coach so um there's no, not really anyone on that sort of side of things, but in touch with Toby every now and again. Um, but the main thing is I'm speaking to sort of the, the S&C guys at, at the Institute because they're still doing my, my gym programme. Um, so in contact with him quite a lot, uh, sort of changing, continuously changing my programme and sort of adapting it, which which I think is a key thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a mix of both. Uh, I think they sort of trust that, that I'm still going to be working hard while I'm out here. Good. And what? And and so far, obviously, you know, you've 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 probably not been you've not been there that that long so far. But what I mean, are you, are you already noticing elements of your game that are maybe different, or experiences that you're having on the pitch that are kind of new and things that you think that's going to massively stand me in good stead when come next April I'm representing Scotland and you know that situation might occur or whatever. Is there is there has there been much of that so far? Do you think? Um, I, I think obviously different playing red ball. I think that's something that's going to, going to massively help. Um, I just think to, to play consistent high level cricket, especially with the red ball, you, you, I just feel like there's the sort of fundamentals of my game are going to improve so much because, because you have to, um, with the ball, like I'm going to have to be so consistent here. Um, cause it, it generally almost feels at times like you've got to be more accurate than when you're bowling in white ball cricket because you think in like a T20 or a 50 over game, if you miss, you get hit out of the park. Like that's sort of what gets what gets said and everything. But you do have a bit of a margin for error because you've got five men on the boundary or four men on the boundary and you've got your ring field. Like you can almost get away with it. Whereas here, you're bowling with, with three slips and a gully and, you know, maybe even a short leg. You've got three fielders in front of the bat and you're thinking... If I miss here, these guys are good players on good wickets. It's gonna, it's gonna, you know, you, you just can't bowl that sort of stuff. It gets hit. So I think generally, like consistency, it's maybe a slightly different type of consistency, um, and a little bit more sort of fine tuning with the bat. You've got to be a little bit more skillful, a little bit more sort of technically correct. I would put it. Um, I just think generally, like, and and there's been already played against some really good players, um, which I think is something that's gonna. It's going to be better off for for me and my position I'm in now playing playing cricket rather than having another another winter sort of indoors training with the same people at MES sort of thing. Sure. Even the the level of player at Redlands is pretty impressive, uh, Jack. You obviously Sam Heaslett's there. Um, I saw Jimmy Pearson was listed this weekend. Obviously, a World Cup winner will be maybe grazing around there, turning up soon. Manus Labuschagne like that. That alone, spending time around about those lads must be like different gravy for someone like you. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's 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 good to see sort of how these guys go about it. I mean, Marnus within about 
three or four hours of winning the World Cup was putting messages in, saying how he's back next week, bowling 20 overs of seam. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm not quite sure that's that's how I'd be reacting to winning the World Cup, but I was, I was thinking this, this could be a bit like, amazing uh, against the player. Are you Scotland not like this? Are you not like, hang on a minute, I've got a bowl a bit of seam, so you're going to take some of my overs? That's what I'd be thinking. <laughs> nah, I think it'd be pretty cool to, to play with them. Uh, well, and yeah, we've, awesome. we've yeah. got I've had I've had the the chance to go in and to bowl at, at Queensland training as well a bit at Gaba, um, so seeing sort of how these guys go about it and you know bowling good players and and all these sorts of things are all all good experiences. But yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough I've been in quite a few sort of high level environments now, and and it's I always always sort of have a a good sort of look around and see how everyone's doing things and see if there's little things I can pick up and stuff like that. Love that, mate. Love that. It's a long, a long, long way since uh, your time at Livingston CC. Is that would that be where you started the the game? Yeah, I started at Livingston. Well, probably started in the back garden, playing playing with my dad, um, and then and then sort of down to the cricket club when he was playing, just as 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 a form of childcare. Uh, and then and then I started started getting into it. Um, but yeah, down at Livy, I owe a lot to Livingston. I've always always. Um, always say that I had such a good time playing at Livingston um like working with coaches there and stuff and working with my dad it was it was the club the club down there is they've got a great setup now as well it's 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 a great club that's brilliant mate that's superb um and then obviously you made the made the move to the big the big smoke and the got dragged kicking and screaming to Grange did you mate yeah yeah I mean I was it was tough because because I in an ideal world at that time, I didn't, I didn't really want to leave Livingston. Um, and then for the first, the first two years, I think when I was at Grange, I was playing junior cricket at Grange and still playing senior cricket at Livingston. Um, and then, I mean, the only reason I went to Grange was I, I think I didn't get picked for a, like a, an Eastern night squad or something, maybe under 15s or something, under 14s or something like that. And then, and I'd played sort of asked what, why, and it's, I played four junior games of cricket that season. Um, and we just we we sort of like my dad sort of said is you know what what club um is a good place to go for him to get more cricket more junior cricket more more coaching sort of thing um i can't remember who it was but whoever the coach was at the time sort of said either either try grange try carlton so i think wrote an email to both and, and carlton said there's a too long a queue and then grange were like yeah come down so could have could have easily been been at, been at carlton but very happy oh. now that at Grange, um, very happy with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That makes me laugh so much. That's such a Carlton thing to do. Sorry, but it is Carlton. I've I've heard so many stories of that nature, and it cracks me up. But no, um, Jack, the prob the, the the big problem there is that you didn't think about Watsonians, did you? You know, think how think think you'd have got you you'd be fifty sixty caps by now if it if it been Watsonians. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't, mate. You wouldn't. Uh, That's, yeah, fair point. Fair point. Should have got him at Marchmont, Pedro. You know, imagine, the imagine thing Jack is, Jarvis at Marchmont. 
I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've seen Jack Jarvis wearing a Marchman cap, by the way. I got him wearing one for an MCC game not that long, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but that's, uh, but, but what I love is the fact that, yet, yet again, this is another example of, of smaller clubs producing great cricketers in Scotland. And it's so important we protect those little clubs. And little clubs, it's, not, it's no disrespect to Livingston. Livingston have a, have a great history with some, actually some incredible pros back in the 90s and things like that as well. But you know, Livingston, Stonywood, um, Nan, they're produced Scotland players, all of them. I know there's clubs in the West very similar as well. Uh, uh, sorry, Jack, I'm kind of preaching your words in many respects, but uh, but I think it's so important. And Livingston's such a fantastically well-run club, great thriving youth setup. They've got, they do so much in the community, don't they? Have that beer festival and things like that. I think it's absolutely superb, Livingston, in a nice little part of town. It just—it's always wet there. That's the only problem. It always—it always seems to get, catch the rain a little bit. I think that ground, but that, but but I mean, I think I love the fact you're raving about Libby. Um, but yeah, could have could have played for Marchman as well. Never mind. Jack, we'll go we'll talk. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about golf, mate, because um, I've heard I've heard from a usual podcast host. He saw you swinging a driver, and he said it was unbelievable. Um, so, keen golfer, mate. Have you got the sticks with you? I don't have them with me, no. Um, but I'm actually working at a golf club, so um, I'm trying to wangle my way. I've I've done maybe a couple of weeks, so I'm I'm sort of biding my time, and then I'm going to try and sort of say, oh, so what's the what's the deal with trying to get around? And, and <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to wangle that. Um, but, but yeah, I've I've been to, we've been to the driving range a couple of times. Uh, but I've I've not been on any courses here, unfortunately, yet. But no, I, I absolutely love the golf. Um, my dad was a he he was a, a good golfer. Played played all the time. Got me into it, and yeah, I think I've definitely got the bug. And what are you playing off, Jack? What's the what's the handicap at? Uh, um, I don't have an official handicap, but I, I sort of whenever I play play a game, I would say I play sort of maybe to nine or ten. Um, I don't think I would ever. I don't think I would ever shoot <laughs> nine or ten over. However, I, um, yeah, I, I hit the ball pretty well. I just can't, I can't chip or putt. So, whenever, whenever, if I was to rock up and say I played off fifteen, and then you know hit, hit a good tee shot off the first, everyone would be calling me a bandit. So I just, I just, <laughs> even though I don't think I'll ever shoot <laughs> nine or ten over, I think I, that, I, that's probably what I, what I would say. I've been asked to ask you how far, how far are you carrying a driver? Oh, uh, I don't know numbers specifically, but I would probably, I would definitely back myself against the likes of Watty and Soli. Let's just say that. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. No, I was just no, I, no. I, I mean, in in terms of, um, I suppose you know, looking looking ahead, you know, you've got Christmas, there's Christmas coming up and things like that. I mean, before before you we you jumped on, Jack, I was talking about my experience twenty years ago. Of playing cricket down under and that whole experience is so different and such a different sort of type of cricket different experiences a real opportunity for you to to kind of you know grow up and things like that I mean, you know i mean look thinking about like things like christmas being a, a down down under and all the rest of that and the, and the kind of rest of your time what, what 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 are you thinking about in terms of one in terms of kind of that whole experience that you're wanting to get, not just from being a cricketer down under, but just being a, a young man who's kind of wanting to have a good time, but also sort of, I suppose there's a, almost a growing up element to it. I mean, is that something that's all part of this experience that you're looking to get out of this year? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've, I'm lucky enough, I've sort of lived, lived a bit on my own, like at uni and stuff in Edinburgh. So I sort of had that experience and, and I guess boarding at school as well, sort of being a little bit independent there. So I don't feel like I, like I'm, I've sort of done that before. So, so this isn't sort of like too big a surprise, but I think definitely like I've always enjoyed whenever I've been on tour and stuff, like seeing new places and it's, it's always, always a really good experience. So yeah, I think a lot of trying to do a bit of, a bit more travel um, around the place here, uh, just as, as now I'm a bit more settled in, I think I'd be a bit more, a bit more sort of uh, willing to do that. So a little bit of that, a little bit of, as I mean, uh, the main the main reason for me being here is is for my cricket and uh, and I know that and it I've sort of over the last sort of year or so now I've had like a a sort of introduction I guess into international cricket I've sort of seen seen the level and and seen sort of what what level you need to be at and what level like I, I want to get to I think that's really sort of like inspired me like even a bit more than before like now that you've seen it it's like I've now been there I've sort of had a bit of a, t- a taste of it it's like right I want to this is what I want to do this is this is where I want to be so I think it's like yes yeah, it this was all a process it's going to help help me sort of improve it in all aspects and yeah maturing a bit as well as as well as developing my cricket yeah what, what are you studying at uni Jack uh business and sport so it's uh oh, okay. like the 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 Napier course is really good it's a dual career course so I'm able to do it all online um even when I'm back home, and it just just means that I, I can do stuff like this while while still still doing my uni. It's it's because I don't I don't think there's a way with just with how much we train when we're back home and tours and stuff. Like it'd be pretty difficult to be able to focus on both fully without sort of doing this sort of thing. Well, whereabouts are you getting your gym work done? Is there a kind of facility nearby that you're at? Yes, yeah, so I've got like a I got. A, like a membership from from one of the gyms here they sort of sponsored the overseas program so so they've sort of sorted me out with a gym a gym membership and it's good because it's like I sort of similar to something like I guess pure gym back home or something so like I can just start scanning at any any one of the gyms anywhere and they're they're all over Australia so um I'm thinking about going down and, and seeing Fodzi and, and going and seeing him in Melbourne at some point. And like, for example, then when I, if I do go down or go, go there, I'll be able to just still do use these gyms. So it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. That's class. That's class. A few uh, big enough uh, lads going around in those gyms is there? Yeah. There's, there's some big lads, some big, some big AFL players. That's, that's the thing here. Um, and they're all, they're all wearing their, like uh, the stringers wearing their vests and I'm, I'm there like, just doing my doing my program in the corner, oh, trying to hide as much as I can. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I, I like the idea of Folsey having moved obviously down to Australia and him just completely the, the idea that he may have just completely given up all sort of active active or gym work and all of a sudden he, you you go and visit him in Melbourne and he's got an enormous keg and all he wants to do is drink VB or something like that. I don't know why that all of a sudden came into my head, but. Uh, but but no, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be working you he'll be working you hard regardless. Even if you go and visit him in Melbourne, yeah. I don't reckon I get choice. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'll I'll rock up and he'll have me have me running laps. So I think <laughs> big time, big time. Did you get any advice from uh, Soli since you've been over there, uh, Jack? Obviously, another kind of Grange boy, fast bowler who spent some time in Australia. Have, have you been in touch? Yeah, I've spoke to spoke to Soli a bit. Um, we sort of spoke a bit before I came away. I talked to him a lot about 
we talk a lot about sort of bowling. Well, I say we talk, I probably just pester him a lot about it um, more than anything. But yeah, I speak to Soli quite a lot and he's obviously been here before. So he sort of gave me quite a, quite a good idea of what it was I was coming to and sort of maybe what you have to do slightly differently. But generally, like we, I think maybe just do, because we train all the time together and play together. So we both sort of, yeah, I'm probably, I'm definitely doubling down on the fact that it's me pestering him more than us talking about it. But uh, we do do talk about sort of fast bowling a lot and, and he sort of helps me, helps me out. You, you, what you're saying is you're going to find, you're going to get an extra yard when you come back come April time, potentially. That's that's what we're trying, yeah. That's what we're trying. I do I do feel like over the last last wee while I've put on a yard, but I'm hoping for hoping there's still a bit more in the tank. Good. I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm long since retired then, Jack. No, that's good to hear. But uh but no, uh and what about sledging? Has there, has there been much sledging to, towards you so far, or has that been knocked on the head because you've dropped a few in short and uh ruffled a few feathers? Um no, there has there's there's been a bit. Um, the, the, I like it here. They're, they're they're pretty honest with with what they tell you. The first week I was here, they were telling me that that they want to come and play at Grange. Right. Some of the guys they they're saying we've seen seen pictures of the Grange. You want to come play? And I was like, okay, this is all right. And then, um, and then they were talking about my my lack of tan, which I, I wasn't very happy with that. And then, because <laughs> I've only been here, I've only been here for three days. Like, what what do you expect? I'm coming from. It was five degrees where I was back home. What would you expect? Um, and then I got the same sledge two months later. So, you know, I've clearly not improved it. Um, <laughs> they're, they're pretty honest with it. They, they just, a lot of the, a lot of the seamers will be, they just sort of, they'll bowl one at you and there'll be maybe two balls left. They'll, they'll send a deep square and just tell you this next one's like, it's coming at your head. And I'm like, Thank, thanks for the, thanks for telling me that's brilliant. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just get out of the way of it now. You've told me that's amazing, uh, but but no, I think you, the sort of this fast bowlers union or, or whatever these talk about does not exist. Um, it's actually the opposite. It sort of gets to right, this guy's batting. He's batting eight, so he's probably you know or he remember him bowling. So we're going to try and hit him in the head. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> um, but I think I probably because I've probably bowled a few as well. So. Yeah. Are you going to incorporate sort of a quite an aggressive plan then when you come back, maybe throw a few verbals in, start to sort of bring out the Livingston perhaps in you a little bit more and that little little edge maybe come through potentially? Or is that something that's maybe, you know, something that you'd probably put to one side? Mm, I don't know. I, I've, I've not seen, I've seen, I think I've seen too many cases of sledging backfiring for, especially for a bowler. Um, then it's probably just not worth it. I just, I just, I've seen it happen a few times where bowlers are getting chirpy and and sort of giving a bit, and then it's suddenly, you know, you're you're getting smacked everywhere, and you, it's just, I just don't think it's worth it. But but maybe maybe if I'm suddenly bowling as quick as solely or quicker than solely, <laughs> maybe if I'm bowling that fast, maybe I would start having a word. Quite right. Quite right. Mate, I noticed that in one of your photos you were uh, given the Movember ago. How how's that coming on, mate? <laughs> no, it's it's not good. Um, I never I never actually I never actually said I noticed this when I, I read through it when I was on the phone to to Thomas, sort of talking him through like what I've been doing. Um, he I sort of mentioned that 
I was uh, we were doing Movember, some of the Grange lads, and I was saying, I never said that it was terrible, but I noticed there was a line at the bottom saying that my my mo's not going very well or it's it's not very good, but I never said that, so um, I'm happy to admit it. But that was a little sly dig from from Thomas there, so uh, I've noted that down. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 something we uh, we spoke about because I, I, Finn and Finn from Grange and, and Dicko from Harriet's and one of one of their friends who went to they all went to my school as well. So they're doing a run for for November and we we sort of just thought we'd we do it as a bit of a laugh, but also as a way that we can help sort of support them a bit. Um some better than others. Mine's mine's awful. I think I'm I think I've maybe got the year wrong. I may be trying for twenty twenty four. Um <laughs> but uh I think I'll be I think I'll be bottom bottom place, unfortunately. Mate, you, you mentioned it was a run. Is it not something mad, like 70k or something like that? Have I got that right? Yeah, yeah they're doing 70, 70k. Um, and it was quite funny. I was texting Finn the other day and he said to me, he was like, so how how are you going to do your 70k on Saturday? Are you going to do it in the field or are you going to do it running between the wickets? And I, I was like, I, th- I can tell you one thing I'll not be doing is running 70k between the wickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure. I suppose before we before we uh, wrap things up here, Jack, we should speak about um, your own season back home um, domestically with Grange, um, bringing home some silverware, which was good for you, mate. Yeah, it was good. Uh, nice to nice to finally win something um, after I think I've played maybe four seasons of, of first team cricket and we hadn't won anything, so it was nice to nice to win something this year. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty stressful when we were. When we were away in, in Zimbabwe watching uh, watching the boys, um, yeah, there was some some close games. I think watching Folsey get us home against Meagle when chasing three sixty or something, um, and we'd been we'd been on the bus traveling all day, and our bus broke down and we had no service, and we finally got service. Saw Meagle were on three hundred and fifty or something like that, and we thought, oh no, this is it. Like we're, and then check the score again, and we were. 200 for one and I'm thinking well you never know and then like it was there was days like that where it was really stressful um but so so happy that we we managed to win I can't believe what I'm listening to here this is a man who's a world cup qualifier and, and I mean the passion the fact that your club side it's like you're like a mini Marnus Labuschagne you know like like you 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 know you're trying to call it you're qualifying for a world cup and you boys did a wonderful oh, I say I mean it was an incredible uh, a competition there, which we've covered a lot, but the fact that you you're in, more inter- you're also interested in the Grange Meagle game whilst in Zimbabwe that is mad. That is mad. I thought you guys would just switch off from that club stuff. That is crazy. But credit to you, and you know, it all, it all worked out in the end, didn't it? I mean, Folsey, uh, good send off for the boy, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, I think I think you don't realise how much it, it it means to to us, Pete. It's 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 a massive talking point when we're away. Um, I can yeah. think specifically of of a few guys who who really get up for it. I think I'm definitely one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think just, just especially when we're you know you're at training during the week and there's loads of chat flying around the week before you're playing playing each other. It's it's good fun. Um, but no, it was it was good to good to win. To win the league and then the grand final was was a good deal on top of that. Uh, it was it was nice for for our new our new skipper Angus Brown. Um, he was able to sort of show 
fully what he can do. Finally getting a hundred. Uh, he's got one in the cup before, but this year, like he'd been been really good, scored loads of runs, and, and just hadn't quite got hundred. So for him to do it in the grand final, that was that was serious serious effort. What uh, touch on that innings actually, Jack? Because that was it. That was at Fort Hills. Decent decent uh, deck up there. But uh, <clears throat> Angus Brown, talk to, to, tell us a little bit more about the sports fans about him because obviously it looked like a fantastic knock. Now captain at Grange and. Obviously, see he plays in some of the some of the representative stuff for England. Um, have you played a lot of cricket with with Angus? Yeah, uh, played. I think it's, I think his first game, Pete, was actually against Watsons, um, and you'll definitely remember this game because Ollie got about almost two hundred, and then I think you nicked me off actually. Um, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I'm pretty sure I'm you. So glad me you off. bring it up. Yes. And I saw your face as soon as as soon as I started talking about this game, you you knew. But as uh, yeah, I, I remember that game. I think that was Angus' first game for for the club, and then since then he's he's been sort of more of a played more of a big part, a big role in the team. Um, I think maybe the first few games of last year, not this season, just passed. He, he sort of was batting batting nine, and was bowling a little bit, and then. We, we let him open the batting in the cup game. I say we let him. I, I had no part in it. He he, he opened the batting in a cup game and got 130. Um, and and from there we were like, right, well this guy's clearly a lot better than than we thought he was at the start. Um, and then and then yeah, he's been he's been really good so like since then. Um, but yeah, he plays he plays for England Disability. So I think he captain's one of the teams in the in the disability premier league and and yeah he's 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 a serious serious player uh and he's he's a good captain as well so i think he'll be he'll be good for us this next few years absolutely mate um what we're gonna we'll wrap things up there uh jack but before we go we better ask some of our quick fire questions that we that we send out to people um first things first chippy around the corner from grange at rayburn do you go do you go there Frank mate Kerry. Franco's, yeah, yeah, down slightly. I, yeah, I won't, I won't say anything, but yeah. Oh, was the way to be controversial? Have you got, an, have you got an alternative chippy, or are you not a chippy mm. fan? No, no, it's just I think when I first started going, I don't know if this was just because I was, I was younger and whatever, but I, I think it's gone downhill slightly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced. It wouldn't be, the, wouldn't be the go-to now. Where are we going then? Oh, we'd of course be going across across the road to Neighbour Good Market. Um, Got to keep pressing happy. We'd be going there, of course. <laughs> what are you ordering, mate? What are we having at the chippy? What's our order at the chippy? Um, I probably go chicken nuggets and chips. I reckon chicken wow. nuggets supper. Maybe a little bit controversial, but I reckon that would be my go-to. Ah, the youth of today. What are you having on that? Uh, maybe a bit of probably just a bit of salt and a bit of, bit of ketchup. I reckon. Solid, mate. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Football or rugby? Football. Do we have a Do we have a team? Does Jarvis support a team as such? Yeah, the mighty Livingston. I'm oh, mate, I love that. Almondville, mate, that's class. Tony Macaroni Arena. He, he might have sold out with his cricket club, but he's not sold out with his football team, and credit to him there. Mate, Livy, since you've kind of grown up, have been like, you know, a pretty relevant Premiership or Division One side, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, we, we, me and my dad went and watched all of the games. Uh, I think there's maybe three three grounds in Scotland I haven't been to to watch Livingston play, just because of the way that's uh, 
the schedules worked and everything. And so we've been used to go home and away every week. And then it was when I when I went to Loretto and I got when I got the chance to go there, stopped going to the football because we'd have you know sports fixtures on a Saturday and even school sometimes on a Saturday. Um and stopped going to the football. And that was the season we got promoted to the Prem. So <laughs> I've gone through all this hardship watching us in Div Three, going and watching us play up at Elgin and all these all these places, Montrose away. And then now we're in the Prem, living the high life and I, I, I can't enjoy it. Mate, I love that. I love that. That's a great story as well, following them. Because it was Meadowbank Thistle way back in the day and then, and then it kind of became Livingston. Mm-hmm. And we're showing our age. We're showing know, our mate, age. Saying things like because they were called, it was Ferranti Thistle before Meadowbank Thistle as well. But that was before our time as well. But uh, yeah, right. man. Well, they had, I, I remember like lads like David Fernandez. I'm trying to think. Was Sanchez Bottle? Was he the keeper? What, what, this, what about Sanchez the guy, centre half, who played Marvin and Marvin? Yeah, Marvin Andrews. Yeah, yeah. Marvin Andrews. Yeah. I remember him. They had a few Spaniards. Um, they had a Spanish guy at the back yeah. as well. Sorry, you're just naming people who Jack's never heard of. <laughs> ah, nah, they, they would have been on that journey, I'm sure. Would they? Yeah. David Fernandez, Jack? No? Was that before your time? And that was before me. Yeah. Wow. Didn't I'm he go old. to Dundee United, David really Fernandez? Yeah, David Fernandez well. Dundee mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Geez, I'm old. Anyway, Jack, yeah. good, to, good to hear. Sporting your hometown club. Uh, Flanners or Gouts? Well, that's a really tricky question. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Gouts. Yeah. That's my... I, I, was, <laughs> I was actually asked, answering a question the other day. Who's, who's my, who are my three favourite cricketers? And I think I, I answer. I've not thought of a third. Maybe it can be Flanners. Um, it was Barrow, Gouds, and I didn't have a third. So I think I'll, I'll put Flanners third. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, are you? Do you not have any gallant tanning serum with you on your trip, mate? No, not with me. But um, I do have a. On, not on the one. I've, I've got the stickers on my bat, so I, I, I help them out in that way. Well, I don't really get a choice, but. <laughs> like it, mate. Like it. Favorite golf club slash golf clothing brand. Tightlist. I'm a tightlist, tightlist guy. Tightlist irons, tightlist driver. Ooh. My wedges aren't tightlist, and that's probably why I'm rubbish with them. I'm gonna <laughs> point the blame on them and not not myself. Got some Pro V ones in the bag. Yeah, not <laughs> not as many as there should be. I've lost a few <laughs> last few times I played before I came away. Uh, but yeah, that probably one would be normally start the round with, with something below a Pro V1, just in case, start a bit rusty. And then, you know, once we feel a bit of rhythm, we change to a Pro V1. <laughs> Beautiful. Pedro, what's, uh, what sticks do you play with, mate? i got pings, pings, ping, ping irons, tailor made driver, ping putter. Yeah, just more classical, more kind of uh, old school. My ping irons are older than me as well so uh yeah really fucking old wooden um, shafts mate. yeah wooden shafts exactly right <laughs> Jack, i've got I, I, i've got a few questions here t10 t10 cricket yes or no yes yes oh, yeah God. disgusting disgusting this, this modern game isn't it modern game um what about best discovery so far in australia oh uh um, Tim Tams. Oh, they're they're good. Good answer that. Good answer that. 
What is that about the ones sporting? that you, you bite off each end and drink the tea through it or something? Is that is that one of those biscuits? I think yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Very good. Next question. Sporting idol growing up. Um, sporting idol growing up. Probably, I don't know, probably Stephen Gerrard. Just from my football days, that's that was that was me, a box to box midfielder. That was that was me. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I thought you were going to say somebody from like Livingston's Division Three team of two thousand and nine or whatever it would be, but uh, but well, close, yeah. close second was Keegan Jacobs. So oh. fair enough. Played a bit of cricket, Keegan Jacobs, mate. He did. I think he was South African originally. But yeah, yeah. he was a decent yeah, there cricketer. There was like four four brothers at once playing playing for Livy, yeah. Yeah. Obviously spoke about football there, uh, Jack. If you're going to pick a five-a-side team from your Grange and Scotland squads, who are you going to, who's in your five? We're putting you in. You're the box-to-box midfielder. Who's your other five? Who you got? In? Who's your other four? No, sorry, to make it fun. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Not playing. I'm just just putting this straight away. I'm. I wanna. I wanna pick a good team here. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go. T- Tom McIntosh, bit of both. Green, Green, Jan, Scotland. He's first name on the team sheet. Serious player. He's playing. He's playing. You know, he's not in goals. He's playing. No? He's playing the the number ten role in my five side team. So that probably doesn't work. But he's floating in there. Seriously. He's just good at everything. Um, yeah, he's in. I'm going uh, Gouds at the back. Just Doddy Weir, as he likes to shout. He's he's my centre half. Um, <laughs> I'm going Safi. He's playing. He's 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 my Gerard Safi. Box to box. He's he's really good. Um, trying to think of who would go in goals. I'm going to put Fred Huddleston in goals. Nice. Just because. Yeah, it's funny him and goals. He brings a bit of comedy to it. Um, and last last player who's going to float for me? Not Mark Watt. Definitely not Mark Watt. He'd be he'd be running around telling how he's the king of the youngies. That's what he'd be saying. He'd be saying how he's the king of the youngies, which is we we don't want him. We don't claim Watt from now on. He can be in the oldies. Um, I'd probably go. Who would I go? I'd probably go Crossy. He's he, he can play up top, agile. Yeah, I go cross it. He'll be delighted at that, won't he? He'll be delighted to, to be in that team. Always scores against the young East Crossy. Brilliant, mate. Any more, Pete? You got any more? Nah, that's been class, Jack. I, honestly, brilliant that you're having such a good time over there. Very excited to get the speed gun out at Grange in April and see how, how fast those balls are coming down. Um, and hopefully. Um, we get a nice a lot of Scotland fixtures this summer, and we're seeing you playing. And and you know, and I'll probably still be you know you'll get the old game for lost the seconds, and I'll probably be telling you who who how, how you how you should be playing your cricket there. But uh, no, that's class, brilliant, great to speak to you. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having you on, and um, keep going well throughout the rest of the season over there. Cheers, lads. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed that.